Hello and welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Hello, my name's Nick Briggs, but as I often say, that's as maybe Big Finish. Yes, we are, as I have also said before, the purveyors of fine audiobooks and audio drama. Things like Pathfinder Legends, The Amiga Factor, Survivors, The Avengers, Sherlock Holmes, Dorian Gray. Oh, Dorian Gray. Doctor Who. Blake Seven. Torchwood. Did I mention The Prisoner? I think I should. In a moment, uh, some big Finnish news or the latest. And in this podcast, well, the reason for my strange enunciation of the words Dorian and Gray earlier on were an indication that we will be talking about the confessions of Dorian Gray because we'll be speaking to Scott Hancock, the producer and director and writer of that series. That's coming up soon. And of course, we'll be continuing the long-lived tradition, well, we've done it once already, of looking back at a random, lovely, big finish release from the past. And then, of course, we'll be having a Spragtastic moment. Yes, Paul Sprag, amusing us all. And then finally, before telling you what's coming up in the following podcast, there'll be a roundup of all the latest releases. That'll be nice. But before we go to the news, there's something that I didn't mention, and that is podcast emails. I'm just opening my computer to have a look at them. Oh, oh that's, uh, that's Twitter. Now, the interesting thing is that I did tweet and put a thing on Facebook saying, I'm about to record a podcast, so please send in your emails. And you dutifully responded. In fact, you responded so well that I'm not going to do them all in one bunch. So let's have a, a little look at the emails now, then we'll go to the news. First of all, a mysterious Robert Chapman. Robert? says, Dear Boss, I was delighted to hear Elliot the dog made a surprise guest appearance in your interview with David Richardson. <laughs> that was in the last podcast. I would like it to be known that I now plan to purchase a dog and call it David. Best wishes, Elliot Chapman, the human almost. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. Elliot is, in fact, the actor who plays Ben Jackson in the uh, new early adventures for Big Finish. So... He's a funny fellow. <laughs> he did tweet me about it. I said, you should write into the podcast. And he did. Thank you, Elliot. Barnaby Eaton-Jones says, he's got some questions here. Right. Uh, what made you decide when you acquired the rights to The Prisoner to do some reimaginings of TV episodes and some wholly original episodes rather than one or the other? Question two. Can you describe in three words how overjoyed you were when you knew you could do a Tenth Doctor and Donna range? Question three. What's been the hardest thing you've ever sound designed in the Big Finish range? Question four. Hypothetically, do you fancy continuing the adventures of the Impossible Girl and Ashilhav, you know, the Viking lady, if you were allowed to do it? Or is it just a lovely open-ended way by Stephen Moffat of not having to kill them off? Uh, five. Do you actually ever sleep <laughs> oh sorry sorry Barnaby yes so the answers uh, to those questions 
Um, what made me decide the prisoner thing? Do you know, I don't know, just gut feeling. I thought I'm going to do very different adaptations. Um, and I just threw in the idea with ITV and said, how about if I do completely original ones? And they seemed absolutely fine about that. That's the very unremarkable um, answer to that. Question two, three words describing how I felt when I knew we could do Tenth Doctor and Donna. <laughs> uh, very, very pleased. Uh, what's been the hardest thing you've ever had sound design for? Goodness me. So many difficult things. I remember spending an entire morning creating the sound effect of someone landing on a planet wearing a sort of jetpack space suit thing. I think it was in Dalek Empire 3. And a character had been dropped out of a ship and had to go or fly all the way down to the planet. And the sound of her approaching and then crashing through the jungle and bumping onto the ground whilst going... Aah! Yeah, that, that took me... It might have taken me all day, actually. A lot of bashing um, of vegetation, I seem to remember. Uh, uh, hypothetically, do you Oh, yes, it's the impossible girl and the unpronounceable girl. Um, it's my fault I can't pronounce her. It's just when I see all those letters all together, I just don't know what to do. Um, well, hypothetically, yes. Wouldn't that be good? Maybe it should be left open-ended. I don't know. I don't know whether we've asked or not. Maybe we should ask. Uh, five, do you actually ever sleep? Well, I don't know whether I've told you this boring story, but there was a um, an online woman's magazine that, uh, or women's magazine, I should say, that uh, interviewed me and they did say, what do you do in your spare time? And I said, sleep. <laughs> you know, when I stop work, uh, one of three things happens. Either I fall asleep or I watch an old movie or I get a cold. That's the sad truth of the matter. Anyway, that's enough emails for now. More later in this very podcast. So, to the news. So, yes, 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 this is the Big Finish News. This summer, Bernice Summerfield returns in a brand new box set, but not with the Doctor she was expecting. David Warner has returned as the Unbound Doctor. And a certain Sam Kisgard has returned to play a certain archenemy of the Doctor. Look out for that. The second box set in the eighth Doctor series, The Doom Coalition, is out now and available. Of course, you know that if you're a regular visitor to BigFinish.com. But if you're not, I'm telling you now. It also features Alex Kingston as River Song. Yeah. And if you want to hear the trailer for it and haven't yet heard it on the site, well, that'll be at the end of this podcast as part of the latest releases roundup. And surely it hasn't escaped your attention that in May we're releasing a Tenth Doctor and Donna box set. Um, that was my attempt at a, a, a fanfare with my mouth. Ridiculous. Um, the trailer is available. Here it is. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures. What is this place? Calibris, brilliant place. An entirely mechanical planet. Catch, hitch, fuel, fix, buy, pretty much any kind of transportation. In existence. 
His empire's a massive leap in user-friendly tech. Meadow Digital's ahead of the game on the chipsets. Quadruple core nano circuits and a sleek, sexy designer package. Ultra thin. Look. You're talking, but it's all geek to me. Can we go? Yeah, I suppose. Robots running amok. Donna! We're on! Remain where you are! Bex, grab my hand. Go, Donna. One of us needs to. And I just... I can't! Come on, if you're common. Don't want to dislocate a shoulder for nothing. Do not run. We require test subjects. Ah, there it is. Vagabond's Reach. Tavern of Taverns. Most feared social environment in the galaxy. You've never been up Sugar Heart on a Tuesday. You don't know everything about me. Ready? Is this the front door? They don't even have bouncers. Yeah, basically, think of them all as bouncers. Watch out! Oh, ah, thanks! Doctor! What is happening, Doctor? I'm, I'm hanging on to your banner, and there's a skeleton around my neck. Oh! Big finish. We love stories. What are you saying? They fizzled in somehow? Like the TARDIS? Yeah, Transmat from another dimension. The, the, the TARDIS doesn't fizzle. It's more of a... Possibly beyond exciting only of you to decide. And while we're in the mood for trailers... And um, I think Scott Handcock mentions it later on in his interview. Gallifrey enemy lines. Have a listen. Leela, get in! No! But how are you here? Never mind that, I'll explain everything once we're back. Back? Back where? Gallifrey! <laughs> Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Gallifrey enemy lines. The universe is shaped by the decisions that we make, each and every one of us. What then might happen if an entire reality is denied? The Celestial Intervention Agency has investigated the causes of the current conflict. Conflict? What conflict? And concluded that these events began with Agent Ace's participation in the Omega Plot. The ripples spread out from that single choice, becoming waves that soon will crash upon the distant shore. Our laws allow an acting president to make any decision that is vital for the well-being of Gallifrey. Life as we know it cannot be. You think I should resign? Well, no reason to look quite so offended by the idea. And death is always around the corner. Targeting time torpedoes. Novin? I'm sorry, Ace. Fire! My work has only just begun. Big finish. We love stories. Oh, and just one last thing. Here's the trailer for Vampire of the Mind, featuring Alex McQueen as the master and Colin Baker as the doctor. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. You want to know why I did it? Come closer, I'll tell you. The reason is because I am the master. Doctor Who, 
Vampire of the Mind. I've had an email too. My application was fast-tracked. It seems I've been accepted. They're setting up a laboratory for me. What? The place has been empty for years. Must be halfway to falling down by now. It was always a weird place. Oh, Dr. Scott, it's you. Dr. Threadstone. It's Heather. Uh, Damien, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Call me Damien. Oh, oh there's a... there's a figure. Several figures. I, I, I can't quite make them out. But there is something odd about them. They're, they're moving like... like they're, they're in a daze. Pale as corpses, they said, wandering about in a trance-like. Since then, you'll be lucky to find anyone who'll go near the place after dark. Doctor! Doctor, do something! Help me! Don't worry, Heather! I will! (laughs) Somehow! You really won't, you know. But don't you worry, Doctor. It'll be your turn soon enough. Big finish. We love stories. I'm a time lord. Of course I'm inhuman. (laughs) (laughs) So it's round about that time now that I should be talking to Scott Hancock. Will this work? Well, let's see. I'm about a minute earlier than I said I would be, so we may catch him slurping a cup of tea. Here we go with FaceTime. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I reckon he's having a cup of tea. I'm actually, according to my other clock here, I'm three minutes early. Oh, there he is. Hello. Hello. So, uh, shall we start with you explaining about the Confessions of Dorian Gray to those strange people who've never heard it? The Confessions of Dorian Gray was an idea I'd had mulling about for ages, actually, before it came to Big Finish, where the character from Oscar Wilde's original book turned out to be a real person. It's very disconcerting being able to see you on FaceTime, Nick. You're very distracting. But yes, <laughs> I'm just going idea, out of the screen. Goodbye. But yes, the idea was that uh, Dorian Gray was a real man who Oscar Wilde knew and based his book on, and obviously the real man lived through the 20th century and had all sorts of adventures, and we dip in and out of his life. It's a brilliant idea, I must say. That's what I thought when you brought it to Big Finish. I was well, very keen very on doing supportive. it. I'm very yeah, but yeah, you were always a huge champion of it and persuaded Jason, who very kindly uh, allowed us to make that first series, and it's sort of run and run from there. Why is it coming to an end, Scott? We always had a sort of little story arc in mind, or at least I did. Um, and then it's the royal we that wasn't it? The, the royal we. Well, Alex and I, you know, we've known each other for years, and so. This We've is Alex Vlahos, who plays Torian for the uninitiated. Oh, yeah, Alex Vlahos from Merlin and all those other wonderful things. Versailles as well, coming out soon. He plays yeah. Dorian Gray and is absolutely gorgeous to work with. Uh, but we've always discussed stuff along the way. And weirdly, it was one lunchtime on the very first day of recording Series 4. We both were sort of skirting around each other in that little courtyard at the moat. <laughs> very and, little. <laughs> uh, bless him, he brought it up first and went, yeah, do you know what? I think it's time we, you know... I want to end whilst we're doing good stuff. And I sort of went, oh, thank God you've mentioned it because, you know, uh, you don't want to flog a dead horse. And, you know, we're, we're, we're I still think touch wood. Uh, we're, that was that my was head. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, no, we've we've got some excellent stuff coming up in series five, and uh, yeah, we just didn't want people to get bored of it. So, uh, going back to series one, tell us about mm. the clip that I'm going to cleverly edit in. Oh, the clip. Um, well, series one was uh, we visited Dorian at various points in his life, um, and one of those episodes pitched Dorian against his younger sister. But in the 1950s, when obviously she was a lot older physically, and she's played by the brilliant Katie Manning, um, who I love and adore. Mm. And she she phoned me up for a quick phone call last night. It lasted almost an hour. That is Katie Manning for <laughs> of you. Of course, of course. Um, she's brilliant. And I, I really wanted to give her a role that was, you know, quite straight and severe because she's so well known for playing Joe Grant in Doctor Who and Iris Wildtime. And she's capable of so much more. So, it, it yeah, it was nice to give her a really meaty little script from uh, Gary Russell. You should leave. Go back to whatever hell spawned you and your curse. Aging is the curse, Dora. Just look at you. You're repulsive, withered, decrepit, whereas I... I'm nothing but a phantom, Dorian. A shade that shouldn't exist. Truth to tell. You terrify me. Because of what I am? No, because of what you're not. (laughs) Oh, what does it matter? You'll be dead soon. You know that. I thought it only right to see you one last time. Oh, and I thank you, Dorian. I'm so grateful you made the effort to wave your fountain of youth at these roomy eyes. But rest assured, I have no intention of dying just yet. I told you, I'm protected, much as you are. Anyway, um, on to series two of series uh, two. Dorian Gray. Yeah, that came quite quickly, actually. I think series one... Um went down very well in the autumn of 2012. God, that sounds like it feels like a very long time ago. And you were in the Christmas special, of course. You came to our little strange little hive in Cardiff. Yeah, The coldest place in the world. And, uh, to be Sherlock Holmes, yeah. That's... Yeah. And I'm so glad you allowed us to go to the moat for the second series. Um, <laughs> yes, we allowed you in. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, Alex was in. back in London by that time, so it made yeah. sense. But yeah, no, it was a very quick commission. I remember my appendix burst about a, oh God, a, yes. a week or two before we were meant to be going into studio, so that was joyous. Gosh, um, me. <laughs> and and we got to do the picture of Doring Grays for Big Finish Classics as well, which was yeah. really nice. We Actually had Miles Richardson in it and yeah. Marcus Hutton in, and yeah, I think Alex always felt it after doing that one, doing the first proper sort of adaptation. He he felt proper then. He he felt like he'd. It's like when doctors talk about meeting the Daleks for the first time. I think he felt validated in some peculiar way so that was nice and we had another series of five episodes with uh, loads of brilliant people we had Hugh Ross in and and uh not I was about to say Katie Manning again but uh she does pop up again she's never far away she's always there but no we had um yeah we had Lala Ward in as well Mm. who takes Dorian's virginity so um there are sounds sounds in that episode which Doctor Who fans have been waiting since the 70s to hear um (laughs) This is a big recommendation, folks. If you haven't listened to it, you must just go and download it immediately. But yeah, and, and we sort of didn't think it was going to come back after that. So um, we, we, we knew we had a Halloween special. And then later in the year, Alex Vlahos uh, and Jolene Westhorpe wrote a little two-part New Year special. Because we thought if we're going to end it, might as well have the guy who plays Dorian, you know, provide the final story. Mm. It wasn't the final story. No, 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 no. We kept we, we came back for more. But uh, 
I think, yeah, there are so many little things looking back that we've then picked up on. And, and there's a lovely little story by David Llewellyn, the third story called Murder on 81st Street, which has Dorian in New York with Dorothy Parker, played by Sarah Douglas. And uh, of Superman fame. Superman fame. And she's just the driest, uh, most sarcastic, most wonderful woman you will ever meet. Um, and she just she's just sort of swept in and dominated the green room. Alex said he'd never seen anything like it, and they instantly sort of fell in love with each other. Um, so she's back for series five as well. We're doing another story with her because the dynamic was just so lovely. Um, but yeah, I think you have a second clip here just of their episode. That was when it struck me. I realised what the professor had been doing when he died and why the creature, in turn, had killed him. The monster, the golem, had Dorian by the throat. I thought it might throttle the life right out of him. I was beginning to black out, I think, but with what little strength I had, I dug my fingers deep into its forehead and crawled away the first letter of that word. Aleph, leaving only met. The word for dead. And like that, it stopped what it was doing and let go of him. Dodo! No! Dorothy, stay away! Indeed. Well, there appears to be building work. There's building work. There's building work next door. But it sounds like there's a whale being tortured somewhere. It does, going, actually, yes. <laughs> anyway, on to uh, series, yes, series three. Yes. Do you mind going chronologically? I mean, I can always go to series four, if you like. No, 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 no. no. Series three was interesting because... Uh, that's very annoying. We suddenly had eight episodes um, because I think by that point we knew Dorian was uh, had, had a good listenership and they were very enthusiastic and there was an audience out there, so... Jason kindly let us expand to eight episodes and Alex and I both wanted to shake things up a bit. So instead of doing stories told from Dorian's past, we lost the narration episode and did them all in the present day as, as straight dramas. And they all had, you know, they were part of one much larger sort of serial. So it was it was something a bit different. I think it took people by surprise, but they still enjoyed it. And yeah, it was very interesting, actually, when we came to plan Series 4, because there were lots of people who loved the no-narration present-day stuff, but loads of people who also loved the narration in the past. So when we came to Series 4, we, we did a mix of both. But yeah, Series 3 was lots of fun. Actually, just being able to work on a bigger story rather than the little half-hours. And we had mm. Tracy Childs in, playing our villain. Mm. Um, Blake Ritson, who's marvellous. Oh, he's brilliant. Uh, Bernard Holly is our incumbent older incarnation of Dorian. Hugh Skinner, who plays Dorian's vampiric lover from the first series, came back. Um, we had Annette Badland and Terry Malloy and Nicola Bryant and Sean Biggerstaff and Miles Richardson came back and it was just a lovely mix of people. What a brilliant um, cast. It was a fantastic cast and, you know, it, it, it was around that time that I had people actively asking to come and do one. It wasn't a case of going, oh, I'm really sorry, I have to... Exp you know, it, it's that weird thing with Dorian Gray that everyone knows the name. Yeah. So everyone was quite excited and it was just a lovely time. It was in the middle of summer as well. And I don't know if anyone's ever been to the moat, but it's basically like sitting in a massive sauna because it's all <laughs> wood panelled. Um, yeah, like the big finished production office. Uh, freezing cold in the winter, <laughs> boiling hot in the summer. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So um, I just remember a lot of shorts. Um, and Tom Saunders, bless him, 
Um, Who the does little, our video stuff? Yeah. The little video dude from Big Finish. I've never said dude in my life, but I just have. <laughs> I know, dreadful. I've never heard you say dude before. <laughs> that was a weird experience. Yeah. It's very good. I'll be calling you man next. <laughs> oh, hey, man. man. Yeah. Um, yeah, what did so it, what was class it? is untrue. But yeah, no, he came in and recorded a few lovely little videos, which I'm just mentioning in case people want to go to YouTube and have a look at how we record They're on there. Big Finishes, really. Yeah. Um, and Alex talks very enthusiastically, as he always does, and I sit there nodding like a little dog in the back of a car. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing this stuff gets made, really, isn't it, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point we get organised, don't we? Yeah, We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. I am actually stupidly organised. You are. Why it was the I king of the spreadsheet. Of Incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> I preferred my word. Okay. Um, um, yes, yeah, so three. Should we play a little clip? Yeah, from that? do you want to line that clip up? Do you know what it's about? Can you remember? Yeah, well, um, I mentioned Bernard Holly earlier, who oh, plays our older. He's brilliant. Dorian. Of course, who was Axos in Doctor Who. Yeah, and he's just, he's the loveliest man you can possibly yeah. meet. Yeah, but on, on just, you click your fingers and he's suddenly the most menacing voice in the world. So, uh, this is a clip from the final episodes where he confronts Dorian and Toby. Um, when Dorian's not at his best, so it's a confrontation between the portrait of Dorian Gray and Dorian Gray himself. No, you have to stop him! Oh, it's you. Leave us. I'm not going anywhere. Toby, please. Do as he says. I won't leave you, Dorian. Oh, Toby, dear, dear Toby. You know I don't make a habit of asking twice, and you know what I am capable of. But if you don't remember... I am more than ready to demonstrate. Dorian, just go. Alone at last. <laughs> what? What do you want from me? What do I want from you? <laughs> I think you already know. I've got chills. <laughs> They're multiplying. They're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're losing control. Oh, um, now, so, I mean, obviously, numerically speaking, next yes. was uh, <laughs> Series 4. Yeah, well, uh, Ooh, between hold on. Series 3 and Series 4... You had yeah, a couple I'm of to, I'm trying to get my head around the dates, but uh, we had a few. We had a little Christmas mini episode for free on the website, but oh, we also what was that uh, called? Called Frostbite. That's right. Yes. Written by the lovely Mark Oliver, and then we recorded it before series three, but it came out afterwards. The world's a big finish, yes. which united the Graceless Girls, Sherlock Holmes, Dorian Gray, Iris Wildtime, Bernie Summerfield, and Vienna, all in one big story. Um, yeah. And we had a lovely day of you and Alex. Yeah, you didn't spend that much time together within the narrative, but the two of you. But were within there the green room, the same recording spent, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was a really lovely project, actually, yeah. just to work with all these sort of iconic uh, big Finnish characters and bring them all together. And as I've mentioned in a previous chaotic interview, all your <laughs> idea, wasn't it? I think I suggested it as a joke. Yeah, but and, that uh, still counts as being all your idea, yeah, or indeed all your fault. <laughs> that's true. But the funny thing is, I think everyone thought it was a reaction to the worlds of Doctor Who. But when I suggested it, I, I had no idea about that. Yes, I think we had to say, well, we're think, doing the worlds of Doctor Who. We don't know whether that's a sort of clash. And then I think I said, well, I think it's... 
a good idea that the two things yeah exist. they've got different audiences and, yeah. and so yeah it, it was nice to build upon those worlds and you know people people are so fascinated by joining the dots it was nice to just confuse them a bit more by throwing all these different continuities together <laughs> yeah joining the dots um, maybe that should be the title of the next worlds of big finish is there going to be another one? I'm not scheduling it. No, I was just, I know, yeah, yeah you don't want to do it. Uh, I was just making that up in my head. There are no plans. Title, I'm just imagine. Down. Imagine. Uh, Hooray. Um, but yeah, then Series 4 came along and we were back to four, uh, yeah, it was a full CD set, so eight uh, half hour episodes going back through Dorian's timeline. And we had a two hour Christmas special which propels us forwards to um, the final series. But again, we had we had brilliant people come in. Uh, Bruno Langley came in to do his first oh. ever big finish. I really, really like lovely. Bruno because, of course, I worked with him on Dalek. We spent a lot mm. of time hanging out with Bruno in the he's, hotel he's, bar. <laughs> but he's a lovely chap and, and goes without saying he's a brilliant actor as well. Um, Jacqueline King came in. Um, I'm going to forget loads of people Jacqueline here. King, um, Aisha oh. Antoine, who... Worked oh. with Alex on the first Bernie Summerfield we did with right. Dorian Gray. And Anthony Howell from The Avengers came in and was brilliant. And Yasmin Bannerman. Oh, Yasmin um, Bannerman. Brilliant. Gorgeous Yasmin Bannerman. And yeah. uh, Deirdre Mullins, I got him for the very final story. And I've had her back a few times since because she's just sublime. And she's my Mina Harker, actually, in the forthcoming Dracula with Mark oh, Gatiss. Brilliant. And is, That's out very uh, soon, isn't it? Well, no, it's out in May. May. But it's March today, Nick. It's 1st of March. It is, yes. Although when this goes out, it'll probably be the 7th of March. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, look, you really do have a plan, don't you? I do have a plan. I know. The first one went up last Mm. night, actually. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, I saw. I've not had time to listen to it yet. Well, you, I thought, you, you I'm already to... going to be spending half an hour listening to his voice. I can't prevent that. I know. Well, <laughs> you, you won't have time to listen to it because it's 46 minutes long. Oh, blimey. I know. I'm sorry. They'll be shorter. We're at 25 minutes them. so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about Deirdre, um, it might be nice to play a little clip from Matt Fitton's final episode for Series 4 of Dorian which was called The Living Image, and it's Dorian meeting his doppelganger. So, uh, again, every time we come back to Dorian, I want to give Alex a challenge, so uh, I devised the idea of having him play two parts in one story. Um, And here's a little clip. What do you want, Grey? I want to know she's safe. She's my wife. The mother of my child. What do you think I'm going to do? In my apartment, there were pills. Broken glasses. They were whores. Different kettle of fish entirely. We've had our holiday. Now let's just leave it. She's worth more than that. (laughs) Look at you. The confirmed bachelor. Telling me how to behave. I'm putting my own house in order. Thank you, Grey, but we are done. All right. If you swear, you'll never... Dorian! My dear... It's the most peculiar thing, but this chap, uh, this, this fellow, uh, wait a moment, Dorian. Oh my God, what Uh, have you done? What have you both done to me? I didn't mean this to happen. Very nice. That always works well. I did it in The Prisoner as well. It's, it's a lovely idea until you get to the practicalities of actually having to 
recorded. But it um, sounds, um, you know, it always works because the different intention of the actor just makes it very clear. Mm. And also you can the, put them somewhere else in the stereo field. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. But we also had that thing of we had Alex playing Dorian, mm-hmm. Alex playing the doppelganger Jonathan. Um, and then we had sequences where Dorian was pretending to be Jonathan. So we had yeah, to find yeah. a mid-ground where uh, it was obviously Dorian, but at the same time heightened even further from the other character. Uh, do and the I'm, audience always know, or do you play with confusing the audience as well? Oh, no, the audience always know. Okay. The joy of narration. Oh, Otherwise, I see. that would have been very, very confusing. Well, I mean, as you uh, might remember from The Prisoner, I, uh, I deliberately confused the audience. I actually wrote in the script at one point. I said, <laughs> at this point, the audience will not know which one is which. But that's what, yeah, it, it depends on the story you're telling. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lovely device, particularly if you've got an actor who yeah. can, you know, uh, carry it off. Did he play both parts at once, as it were, or did he do two passes? No, we, we, we did two passes. It was yeah, scripted yeah. in such a way that there weren't too many scenes of them interacting, because obviously that then makes the, the schedule spread. Um, so you had a sort of stunt Dorian reading in, did you? Oh, it was me. It's always me reading. <laughs> you are in. the stunt Dorian. I'm. I've been called something similar on occasion. Um, but uh, yeah, just trying to work out what I might be. Anyway, yes. Sir. I don't know where we go from there. Really, they came out late last year, and Christmas followed, which ended on an almighty bombshell, which had the Dorian community in uproar. I was genuinely, I genuinely received. Very pleasant death threats. Uh, oh, that's nice. In relation to Dorian. I, I assume they're joking, but it's amazing, actually, how in the space of four or five years, people have invested so much in this little world and people telling me I'm wrong, which is always lovely. Yeah. And you think, well... You think, oh, it was I, my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and I have had huge arguments about certain things where uh, he, he he's interpreted it one way and I've gone, no, but this was the intention. And, it's uh, interesting how people, different people, take ownership of an idea. Well, yeah, and and it's part of the joy of you know when it's given to the listeners, given to the listeners of you know, but when it's put mm, out there, mm. they all interpret it in a different way as well. So you know, you, you can't control that. It's quite nice that it has a life beyond production in that sense. Dorian, has Ooh, that a- sounded quite worthy, didn't it? I liked it. Um, Dorian has a Twitter account, doesn't he? He does. Dorian Gray BFP. There you go. Um, so that's where you can send uh, the threats to Scott. Yeah, definitely don't send it to my actual Twitter because that just depresses me. I get lovely, you know, silly messages from people involving dog photos, and then uh, then I get the occasional death threat, and you oh. just sort of go, "No, I, 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 it's, it's only been few and far between." I jest, I jest. And you, and you think, and you think they're humor, through. you think they're humorous ones. I hope so. I've only had one sniper in Cardiff. Um, Is it like, I want to kill you and then a laugh emoticon? No. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. then they say, I was only joking, officer. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I've, I've, I think I've only ever had one unpleasant tweet sent to me. I can't even remember what I'm it was. So, I'm so sorry about that. I'll, yeah. I'll stop doing it. Um, but that's it. Isn't that weird? I've got twi- uh, nearly 26,000 followers. And I haven't... You'd think that one of them would hate me. I think if you hate someone, you're not going to follow them no, on you Twitter, don't, you are you? You don't follow them, but you can just tweet them, can't you? Yeah. Oh, I'd never thought of that. You, you've got a far more devious mind than I have. Because you can tweet anyone, can't you? You don't have to follow them to tweet them. 
I'm going to try it now. Um, you just put their, no, I'm not, I'm their not, address not. at the, the top, don't you? Or whatever. What do you call it? Do you call it handle? What do you call it? Twitter. Twitter handle, yeah. Twitter handle, okay. Twitter I'm, handle. Yes, I'm done with the kids. So uh, the final clip you've got is one of Alex, isn't it? What's that? Yeah, is this it, from it, Series it was, 5? Series 5, our last series, which is uh, four hour long. Oh, I went a bit jazz hands there. Did yeah, you I know, if only they could see that. Please no. Um, I think you should take a photograph of yourself with jazz hands and we can use that as the picture for this podcast. I'm alone in a house. How am I going to take a photo of myself? I don't know. I can't do jazz hands if I'm... You could do one jazz hand. (laughs) That's just waving, isn't it? One jazz hand is waving. That that (laughs) defies the entire point of what you're asking me to do. It could Um, be, you know, uh, maybe you could sort of set your phone to timer and chuck it up in the air and... No, that's that's not going to work. Sorry. I just you want a, a lovely crazy, stylistic, <laughs> stylistic blur for yes. the podcast image. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Series 5 of Dorian is four, four hour-long stories. Um, I don't. There's barely any information up on the website um, at the moment, but I do keep sending it through. There will be updates soon, but Good. we've announced the first one, which is um, Dorian's first encounter with Oscar Wilde. We met uh-huh. Oscar Wilde in the first series, but this is their very first encounter at the time of the Jack the Ripper uh, murders as well. And Guy Adams, who is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writer, brilliant writer yeah, yeah. has uh, scripted possibly one of the darkest Dorians we've ever tackled. And actually, all the stories in the final series are, are quite human and very sort of character-led, which is one of the strengths of the series before. But there, there's less supernatural shenanigans, and it's more about the relationships and the character. So we've got that coming up, and then we, we visit the First World War later on, and then... Uh, Oh, 1940s Hollywood, we visit as well. And then the, the final episode is, well, I can't say too much about it, really, no. but it picks up it picks up after Christmas. And, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got lots of people again coming back for the final episode, which was lovely because they all made time and they all felt quite invested. And actually, I think that's what um, this clip from Alex goes into a little bit. It's nice that we've kind of built up a family of people, you know, you know? And there's people from season one, there's people from season two, there's people from specials, there's people from things that I've written that have come back. Like Bernard was a, was a, was a creation, Bernard Holly's character, the, the, the monster was a creation from an episode that I wrote. You know, so we've got all these little people, all these, you know, all these great actors dotted along, along the lines from season one all the way to season four. And they're all coming back. And it's, it's, it's great, really, to have friendly faces come into the green room and 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 especially today when it was a weird moment i came back out just from having recorded and hugh was there and tracy was there and bernard was following and he was like they were like oh is this is this the end and it was kind of nice that they were all there and you go yeah this is you're all back for the last one so it's good the final series is out in october it's been a journey yeah it it genuinely has I, i think back to those original days in cardiff with Alex and I chatting about where we could take it. And, and you know, the read-through we had, we had a little read-through in this very room, actually, when he was filming Merlin. He came round one night for Gary Russell cooked pizza, bless him. Um, oh, he didn't make I the know. pizza. He just he just <laughs> took a frozen one and warmed it up. Basically, well, I, warming up is a very generous description of what he did. Um, <laughs> He's a terrible cook. <laughs> that's, that's a first, folks. I always remember, because I used to, um, I was gary russell's lodger and gary's favorite food was um burnt fish fingers <laughs> and pe- peas pottage or something peas pot no peas pudding peas pottage is where mel comes from 
was going to say, do you remember, was, was, was that back in the broccoli flat? It certainly was, yes. Because I remember the very first time I met you was in that flat. Yes, really, I don't remember when, this at all. When I just remember because you literally, I think your washing machine had broken down and you were popping around Gary's to... Um, to, to just dump just, your washing and that was literally the first time I met you and I think you made a joke about it being like the towns of Wang Chiang and you had people hiding out in your laundry baskets or <laughs> something that, like that that is the kind of stupid remark I'd make good lord was I using what was wrong with the laundrette I'm sure the laundrette was closer than <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the laundrette cost some money whereas Gary you see that that actually epitomises Gary Russell not laundry the fact that he probably <laughs> would have insisted I if he'd heard that my washing machine wasn't working, he would have insisted I went to his place because he oh, yeah. he? he's a real "I'll do you a favour" person. You know where oh, yeah, are he's you? He's one of the most loyal and yeah. and yeah, nothing is too much trouble. Gary, I'm I mean, I'm in you know I'm in outer Mongolia, and he said I'm getting in the car now. <laughs> no, he would. He's rescued me many a time. He um, is quite incredible like that. And, he's and done me so many favours. Yeah, just uh, just can't cook pizza. No, um, obviously can't cook. He but, likes burnt food. He used to always burn his fish fingers. It's caramelised. <laughs> the... It's ca- carbonised. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice getting the word out there. And I think slowly, you know, it, it, there's been that weird trickle. It wasn't like there was just an instant audience and then we've... Ret- I mean, we have retained that, but there's always been new people coming to it throughout the years and rediscovering it and... Yeah, hopefully that will continue for for a long while. What's what's agitating your molecules and making you excited? Uh, well, more tortured. Always fun doing more tortured. Nightshade. I've been listening to music edits of oh, Nightshade. Yes, the Doctor Who novelise it. Well, not a novel, but we're adapting or has been adapted for. Uh, yeah, Mark Gatiss's first um, professional work. I think actually that novel. It was his first uh, serious writing commission. And it's a lovely cast. We've got John Castle playing Nightshade and, and Sam Barnett playing Robin and it's Sylvester and Sophie and it's it, it, it feels it's set in the sixties, so it feels weirdly nostalgic. But at the same time the music feels very uh, late eighties Doctor Who, but in the best possible way. Nice. So it really does feel like a sort of lost soundtrack. Um Gallifrey. <gasps> Yeah. Gallifrey is, uh, yeah, almost finished the effects edits and music will start soon. I've got a trailer for that too. I can send you if you want. Oh, the whales are back. Goodness me, that Sorry. sounds like a yeah. whale with gastric <laughs> problems. <laughs> I'm glad you can hear it. And it's not just in my head. No, no, that was a de- the others were very faint, but that was a very definite... <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Oh, there and we then, go again. I think it's actually, it's actually Scott making it's those It's me, noises. it's me. I'm so sorry. I've not what had breakfast Also, yet. what is agitating your molecules, just in a general sense, about something, you know, outside of Big Finish? I don't have a life outside Big Finish. Um, <laughs> something on the telly. There was something I was watching. Oh, I was going to say The X-Files. Have you been watching The X-Files? I only watched the first episode and I've, I've got to, it's on, you know, I've recorded them. I'm going to catch up. It's weird. I never used to watch it as a kid. My, <laughs> as a my, kid. <laughs> I was a grown-up when that was on. But it's that thing. My, my dad would watch it, and I just remember the theme tune would always freak me out, and occasionally catch episodes, and they'd always be the alien abduction ones. And Hannibal. I, I recently finished the third set of Hannibal, which you would hate, because it's, it's, it's gory, but it's really artistic gore. Okay. Um, it, it's the prosthetics <laughs> and... 
I'm going to the visit. Uh, not this won't be gory, but I'm going to visit the set of, <laughs> of, of Firestorm tomorrow, which is uh, Jamie. Was oh, that the new? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Okay, well, uh, we'll both go away now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. Time now for a spragtastic moment. And in this podcast, the spragtastic moment comes to us courtesy of one of our longtime listeners, Fatina. Her surname is either Issa or Isa. But do you know, I've never found out how to pronounce it, and yeah, I've known her for years. Very embarrassing. I actually emailed her to ask her how to pronounce it. She hasn't gone back to me. So here we go. Hey, Nick, my suggested spragtastic moment. It was Paul's first visit to Chicago TARDIS, and I remember he received quite the welcome. <laughs> Towards the end of the podcast, I remember asking him how he puts up with you and David. He had such a lovely response and went into some of his background. I think this would be a fitting way to remember him, especially for those new to Big Finish who never had the chance to listen to the podcast with the three of you. To make it easier for you, this podcast was tagged November 2012, number four. I know it's pulling at the heartstrings to go back and listen to Paul. At the same time, this is my personal opinion, I really truly feel it's helping with the grieving process for all of us. I look forward to listening. Ah, <laughs> forward. <laughs> Paul used to say forward. Forward to listening to future podcasts, and I'm very happy you're back at it. Lots of love, Fatina. Oh, that's, I'm such a softy with this whole Paul Sprague thing. I've got tears in my eyes. Anyway, I shall now find that clip, and we shall play it. I've got one last one. <laughs> okay, hit Paul us. Paul Sprague, how do you put up with Nick Briggs and David <laughs> Richardson during the podcast? Because they do tease you, like, really bad. <laughs> yeah, David hits him with a ruler. That, <laughs> We're not joking, he really does hit him. But it is actually racism, isn't it? Because yeah. we're, we're picking on him for where he lives, he comes from. Yeah. Where do you come from? Well, thanks very much. <laughs> I come from a little village called Backwell that's very near to Bristol in the west of England. So you're a Bristol boy? Yeah. Which means I can do the accent at will, should I so need to. Well, we're all looking forward to hearing more about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I think the biggest part of it, to actually give you a serious answer, unusually for me, is that when I, I take very much after my mother. My mother was the one who got me into all the sci-fi stuff, got me watching Star Trek, got me watching Doctor Who. Uh, she reads comics, I read comics, all of this stuff. All, almost about 90% of my personality comes from my mum. And my mum and her side of the family don't ever take each other or anyone else seriously. And so I've just inherited that. So I, I, I'm quite thick-skinned. I don't care that people are just having a go. I honestly don't mind. So it's, it never really troubles me. I don't feel enormously offended. And David and I aren't like that. And we cut out all the bits when he insults us because we just cry. <laughs> <laughs> And and fr frankly, it's frankly it's funnier if I just sit and take it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not as much fun if I go, yes, but you're fat and ugly. That, that just wouldn't work, would it? And also, it wasn't true. Well, oh, thanks. You see, he's a very loving man. <laughs> Time now for the entirely unexpected competition. Not just an excuse to play that lovely music. Yes time to give you a chance to, to win something nice. You may have heard that in the Doctor Who monthly range, which features Peter Davison, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy as the 5th, 6th and 7th Doctors respectively, we are doing a trilogy which features The Master. The first one is out in April and it's called And You Will Obey Me. 
and stars. Peter Davison as the Doctor with Geoffrey Beavers as the Master. Clicking on a month to May, a Vampire of the Mind, starring Colin Baker with Alex McQueen as the Master. And then, out in June, Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor with Geoffrey Beavers as the Master and Alex McQueen as the Master. The two Masters. Okay, now, here's your chance to win those three releases. The closing date is the 30th of April. And we want you to send your entries to podcast at bigfinish.com. Please obviously include your name and address so that should you win, we know where to send the prizes. OK, here's the important thing. It's a question. And in line with all competition legislation, it does involve a level of skill. And I, as the judge, will be the final arbiter for this reason. The question is... And you'll be able to find this out if you sniff around online, I think. Or you can just go by gut feeling. Which is my favourite incarnation of the Master? And which actor played it? Let's just stick with that, because we can't number them, can we? We don't know which one came first or last. Which is my favourite Master? And you need to name the actor. Closing date, April the 30th please email podcast at bigfinish.com to be in with a chance and you can win and you will obey me vampire of the mind and the two masters three excellent main range releases coming up over the next few months important information insert there are three copies of each of these releases available as prizes so there will be three winners Thank you. Back to the podcast. And by the way, they're directed by Jamie Anderson, who I'll be talking to in a future podcast about uh, Firestorm, which you may have heard of, which is a format created by his late father, Jerry Anderson. And uh, Jamie has been producing a full pilot minisode as a teaser for hopefully making it into a, a TV series. And I went and visited the set the other day and spoke to Jamie and uh, recorded some stuff that was going on. Anyway... That's as maybe. Right, right, right. Time now to squeeze in a few more podcast emails. This is from Robert Green. Hail Mr Briggs and anyone else from Big Finish who gets involved with this. Love the new format podcast, especially the Spragtastic flashback. Hearing Paul read out one of my emails was one of the few high points of 2014 for me. Oh, that's nice. Any chance of some behind-the-scenes details from the less well-covered series? Big Finish Classics, Pathfinder Legends, Gallifrey, etc. Mostly Pathfinder Legends, if I'm honest, as it rarely gets more than a passing mention in podcasts, and I'm a big fan. You seem to be making more attempts to bankrupt me with your new announcements. So I don't know whether to say, keep up the good work or slow down, I'm not made of money. But if you do keep it up, make sure everything continues to be worth the financial hardships. Robert. Robert, I will make sure that it's worth the financial hardships. We've got so many lovely people working for us doing brilliant work. It's a real team effort. Loads and loads, an army of people out there. So don't go thinking that I'm taking all the credit for it. We like to spread the love around. Um, now, what you say about uh, going behind the scenes with uh, other series, very good point. Um, funnily enough, in the next podcast, 
the producer and director of Pathfinder Legends, John Ainsworth, will be talking about that very subject. So there you go. Next podcast, your wishes will come true. This next one, before we go to the next item of this terribly well-organised podcast, is from Dwight. Greetings and good morning. I have been a fan since 2014 when I met the Eighth Doctor and he told me he was performing them. I started to listen and, well, you have me hooked. I hope you are happy. (laughs) My question is, if someone wanted to be part of an audio drama as a voice, how would we be able to take part? Are there auditions? Do you need to have an agent, demo track? I have always been curious and love audio work. I look forward to hearing more of Big Finish. Thanks and have a great weekend. It's not... nowhere near the weekend but i will endeavor to have one i'll probably be working or sleeping or watching an old movie or catching a cold well dwight um you have to be a professional actor um you don't necessarily have to have an agent but you have to be really good and you have to have some demo clips that show that and uh, if you have got some demo clips that show that then please send them to inquiries at bigfinish.com we're always circulating actors names and details and show reels and you never know something could happen i'm making no promises in fact i could just say just imagine Just a reminder, if you sent in an email and it hasn't been read out in this edition, do not despair. I'm keeping a log of them all and hopefully, unless you've said something horribly inappropriate or personally insulting to my wardrobe, uh, I I will be reading them out. So, time now to take a very brief look at a random archive Big Finish story. It's brief because, well, this podcast seems to be going on forever. I blame Scott Hancock. No, he was very, very interesting. What can you do? You can't gag people when they're being interesting. Um, The story, if you'll forgive me, I want to nominate... It's a bit self-indulgent of me because I wrote it and directed it. I promise not to do that too often. But anyway, it's called Doctor Who, The Dalek Contract, which, of course, was followed by the final phase. Uh, It's the final uh, two stories of the second Tom Baker series uh, and features Mary Tam as Romana. Of course, it was the last time uh, she worked for us, so that's a very moving memory. Um, But also... um, I feel I can nominate it because the reason I love it so much is not that much to do with what I did. I just think that um, Alistair Locke, as I mentioned in the interview with David in the last podcast, Alistair did such a fantastic job with the sound design and music and sort of transformed it into something quite incredible. I love his sort of uh, Dudley Simpson style music. Anyway, I'll stop rabbiting on and here are some clips and things about the Dalek contract. This is Chidak to all units. The Daleks are melting their way out. Repeat, the Daleks are melting their way out. All units take firing positions and open fire as soon as you have a target. Chidak, that's not going to work. How many of you are there? At least 20, all positioned on... Chidak, listen to me. Listen. That's not going to be enough. No, they are. Fire! Everybody all right? Romana? Oh, yes, just about. Dr. 
Doctor, we've got to get out of here. She's right, Chidak. It's your only hope. We can't just run. We've got to stop the Daleks from finding our base. We've got to stop running away. Don't you realize they're pinpointing your positions by tuning into your radio frequencies? What? But... Wait a minute. That gives me an idea. Doctor, please. We don't have time for one of your ideas. We've just got to get out of here. Tell all your people to switch on their radios maximum signal. Leave them behind, then retreat as fast as you can. What? But you just said... Oh, now actually, that's a very clever idea. And give me your radio, Chirac. I don't like the sound of this. You prefer the sound of that? Come on, do as I say. It's our only hope. But... All right! All right! All units, switch radios to maximum signal output, then leave them behind and retreat. Now! Here, Doctor. Thank you. Ramana, you go with them. This is going to be a risky business. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. I'm Romana, not... Ramana, no sense in both of us getting killed. Oh, Doctor, no. Come on, move! Good luck. Doctor. But doctor... Don't worry. I've got my sonic screwdriver. Oh, you idiots. What use is a sonic screwdriver going to be against a whole squad of Daleks? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mary Tam and I'm playing Romana. Tom Baker here. <laughs> he is. Our recommendation is that he must be found and exterminated! Well, yes, it's been very exciting to finally meet the Daleks, as it were, because, of course, as a child, you know, when you start watching Doctor Who, that was the big, big thing, and everybody was terrified of them. And in the new series, they're even more terrifying. So there is something quite scary about them and the way they're portrayed particularly in these stories are you know it's very well done it's quite quite interesting but it's also very threatening and uh, yeah I was thrilled I was thrilled to actually finally work with the Daleks because they're iconic aren't they I mean you, you everybody wants to work with the Daleks the latest releases either out now or just about to be out now also very soon the Doctor Who monthly range, the Peter Davison range, the Peterloo Massacre. What's happening to the TARDIS? The navigational systems are malfunctioning due to tapping backwards through decades of carboniferous emission. Yes, it appears your girl doesn't much care for the Industrial Revolution. So you're saying we got lost in the smog? and you can also listen to part one of that for free. And Doom Coalition 2, featuring the Eighth Doctor, is out now. Please remain in your rooms. This is an emergency. The criminal known as the Eleven has escaped confinement. We can go anywhere, can't we? What we need is peace and quiet. Stegmore off-season, the perfect retreat. Largely deserted, bracing walks, beautiful views. Sounds 
Good. When have I ever let you down? Oh my god! The river! Burst our banks and taken the bridge with it! Helen, Liv, that is a TARDIS. A TARDIS? Quite an old one from the look of it. We're going to crash into it. Not if I can help it. Darkness is coming. It'll trample uncounted lives. No, nothing! It's a quake! Madre mia! <laughs> ah, the storm rises! Destroy the flying craft. No! You want the doctor? You'll have to come through me. Feds, dead, and so are you! Something has shut the old girl down! Ah! Stop it! Stop! You'll kill him! That's what I do. Explore, investigate, troubleshoot. This planet's future history is wrong. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Eighth Doctor Adventures. Doom Coalition 2. You smell that? It's perfume. Like Palmer Violets. Rather romantic, and someone has been moving things about. Hello, sweetie. Also coming up, a special release Call Me Jacks. Jacqueline Pierce in conversation. With me, funnily enough. It is completely outrageous and do not let children or people who are easily offended listen to it. All right, I'm just saying. Torchwood, the Victorian age. I am Queen Victoria, monarch of Great Britain and Ireland and Empress of India. A glorious piece of work by A.K. Benedict. This is an official inspection of Torchwood headquarters. An alien that we're investigating is missing. Well, come on then. We are going after it. We? The royal we. You may come if you like. Pathfinder Legends, Mummy's Mask, Secrets of the Sphinx. Oh, yes. Starring Trevor Littledale, Ian Brooker, Stuart Alexander and Kerry Skinner. Look deep within the waters. Reveal yourself. The means of your resurrection comes nearer. Yes, four damaged souls throw themselves into the void to bring it to me. And over in the fourth Doctor Adventures, Tom Baker and Lala Ward are having a bit of trouble on the Paradox planet. <laughs> Time dive imminent. All Chronauts to transit stations. Chronauts, you are to recover a male and female specimen of the Xylop species and collect as many Xenox crystals as you can. Minimum force is to be used, all weapons to stun only. Energize now complete. All clear for time dive. Four, three, two, one. There's something in the time vortex. TARDIS sensors detect another vessel approaching rapidly. What? Sensors indicate vessel is on a collision course. Hello. 
run into Ramon. And what are you doing in my ship? This is some sort of military operation. Of course. We're in a state of war. With whom? With the past. That's all for this podcast. Just to say that coming up in the next podcast, as I mentioned earlier, we'll be talking to John Ainsworth, who, as well as being the producer and director of Pathfinder Legends, has worked with Big Finish since the very beginning. And uh, hopefully I can coax some interesting stories out of him. And there'll be some uh, extra special features um, that will surprise both you and me. Um, There's also, um, I I don't think we mentioned uh, Moonbase Utensil. Hold on a sec. I think think we might have a clip of that. Yeah, we'll have a clip of Moonbase Utensil, I'm being told. Yes, it's coming through now. No, that's uh, uh, that's gone wrong. I don't, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, thanks for listening, and um, I'll be here next week. I hope you will be too. And remember, send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com about absolutely anything. <laughs>